Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and joined today by Ben Mintz. And, you know, before we get started talking about the halfway point and all the football stuff, you're kind of doing something with Brickwatch and the Grove Collective. Explain that a little bit. All right, well... First of all, thank you for having me on the, on the podcast. I, I appreciate it. Uh, so basically what's going on is Dave Portnoy, my boss at Barstool Sports, and he owns Brick Watch Company where, you know, I was the world's most esteemed watch uh, salesman for a couple months there this summer. Um, so basically I had this idea because I have a great relationship with the Grove Collective NIL run by Walker Jones uh, at Ole Miss, and I'm close with them. And I was representing Brickwatch with Dave, and I know Dave has some Brickwatches to move. So I had this whole idea, like, why don't we do a Brickwatch Grove Collective partnership? And I pitched it to Dave, and he was all about it. And so these watches are really nice watches. You go to BrickwatchCompany.com. They're $2,000 watches. Well, what we're doing is 1000 goes to the Grove Collective, and the rest goes back to Brickwatch. And they're actually $1,919. So it's a little less than two k. And I actually just got off the phone with Dave. We got some breaking news here. I got off the phone with Dave. We had a good day of sales yesterday. And I told Dave, I was like, look, I think a reasonable goal here, because these are almost 2K watches, I was like, if we sell 50 watches, is that enough for you to promise the Barstool College Football Show and you to come to the Grove next year and do an Oxford weekend? And he said, yes. So we have a tangible goal. We got to sell 50 of these things. Uh, I believe we're in double digits right now. Um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's not an easy sell. I'm not going to sit here and say it is. $1,919 is a lot of money. And anybody that uh, is thinking about it, DM me on my Twitter at StoolMitzi or my Instagram at StoolMitzi. I will personally give you a phone call, introduce myself, whether I know you or not, because this is a by any means necessary situation. We all need Dave Big Cat, and we need Brandon Walker to have to come to the Grove and face the music. This is something that needs to happen in life. And so whatever I got to do to take this to the streets, to sell these 50 damn watches, I'm going to do. And I think we got momentum. I've got a bunch of leads today. I'm hoping to get be at 15 to 20 by the end of the day. I know if we get to 40 or 45, we'll get like big closing momentum at the end. So I, I, I think, you know, it's not an easy thing. I mean, like I said, they're $19 or $19 watches. It's a big commitment. But 1000 does go to the Grove Collective, and the watches are badass. So – uh, I, I think it can be done. It's going to take some work, but I'm here to do it. Yeah, it sounds that sounds pretty cool. And getting Brandon Walker into the Grove would be – there could be some fun in that. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. He's got to face the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just there's no better – look, the Barstool College football show, uh, I don't know if people followed it, but, I mean, it gets crowds like game day or bigger. Uh, with Dave and Big Cat and Casey Smith and Walker and Big F, there's no better setting – for it than the Grove. I mean, it would be a, and it would be full circle. I mean, from, for selfish reasons, it would be full circle for me. And I, I think we all want it. You know, Ole Miss, is, Ole Miss fans have been awesome uh, supporting me and Dave and everything about Barstool. And, you know, uh, like I said, I, I feel weird. You know, it's always weird asking people for money, but, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the people that support the Grove Collective that are higher end boosters, this makes sense. And look, it gives them something sweet. For you know, if they're already donating money anyway, at least you got something cool to show for it. And I know that Tyler Jordan and Real, you know, we did the shoes, the Lane Kiffin shoes for six fifty each that sold out. 
Uh, so this is kind of a take off that, except this is a little more high end. You know, it's a little tougher to sell because it's a higher price point. But, you know, I felt like I got some momentum with it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hit it really, really hard today while I got it. Because, uh, like I said, it's it's. I think I can get to 20 uh, fairly soon. And I think one, the, the, the toughest part is going to be getting from 20 to 40. But, you know, we've got a lot of stuff coming with it. Go to Brick. All right. One other thing before we move on, brickwatchcompany.com. We got a little bit of a weird thing. The watches say $23.99 on there. But when you put them into your checkout at the bag, it goes to $19.19, which is the real price. So I'm sorry for the confusion. But everybody that gets on there is texting me like, hey, why do these things say they're $2,400? bucks? they are not. It's a screw up on the website. I'm not a computer guy. I don't run that. The actual price is $1,919. Uh, anybody that buys them, tweet your screenshots. I'll retweet it. You're getting a personal thank you. You know, I mean, I, whatever I got to do. Like I said, I'm taking it to the streets. All right. Well, let's change the subject to um, this season's Ole Miss team. They're five and one at the turn, and five and one. If you'd have told any Ole Miss fan in August that they were going to be five and one after playing Alabama and LSU at the beginning of the season, they would take it. What, what do you think so far? I'm thrilled. Look, you said it when you looked at the schedule before the year. the The path was let's split Bama and LSU. I mean, that's just realistic. You know, going to Bama no matter what, even if they're allegedly down, which it doesn't look like they are anymore, is always going to be really tough. Uh, you know, if you split Bama and LSU, and then, you, you you know, at Tulane looked tricky before the year two, and it was tricky for a half. Uh, you know, five and one's great. And when you look at the halfway mark, you know, now that you can sit back and analyze it, uh, the Pete Golding hire has been awesome. The Pete Golding hire, you know, I know LSU had 600 yards, but I, I think LSU's got the best offense in America. I think they have their second-best offense in school history behind 2019. That's how good they are in offense. And you look at every other game other than LSU, you know, you, you hold Arkansas, for example, had what they have 400 yards rushing in the game last year in Fayetteville, and you hold them to 32. I never thought I'd see a day in this world where Ole Miss would hold Arkansas to 32 yards rushing in a football game, especially when they have a mobile quarterback like K.J. Jefferson. That is – that I've watched Ole Miss football for a long, long time. That is not something that ever happens uh, for the run defense to play like that. And Golding's doing a great job uh, with the recruiting. I thought the halftime adjustments at Tulane, for example, when Ole Miss was down 17-10, come out, you know, start blitzing, held them to three points. Uh, I think the defense has improved a ton. On offense, you know, got to be thrilled with Jackson Dart. He's tough, man. I'm impressed with his toughness. You know, he's able to run. Uh, his mobility has been huge. Uh, the passing game is still – I don't want to say hit or miss because that's down on it, but, you know, it's its become very apparent that when Trey Harris is in there, the, it, it's all way, way different. But he's been banged up a couple times. He got banged up in the Arkansas game. And now we're dealing with the news that Jordan Watkins, who's been super solid, broke his hand at practice yesterday. So, really, I uh, hate, hate to hear that. But got to have Trey Harris back in there. And uh, the running game started slow. You know, the, especially Tulane only averaging 2.6 a carry. At Bama, it was bad, but against LSU, it looked good. I think it's coming on. I think the offensive line's improving. And Ulysses Bentley's really uh, given Ole Miss a spark behind Judkins. So, I think overall, if you gave it a big grade at the halfway point, I mean, it's A minus or A, I think. I mean, just five and one. You got it all in front of you. Uh, defense has improved a ton. I mean, I, I think it's uh, su super positive uh, for the Rebels. You know, you mentioned Bentley. You mentioned everything's going on. Which, which players has just surprised you going into this season? Okay, well, so 
you know, there was so much talk about Zachary Franklin coming over from UTSA. I know he was hurt and he started with Bama, but he had 1,400 yards last year, and I thought he was going to be our number one, but he's been banged up and he hadn't really emerged. Trey Harris was Louisiana Tech's best player last year. He's been awesome. I mean, like the four touchdowns, even if it's against Mercer, that broke the Ole Miss record. You know, he had the one against Tulane. I know he's been banged up some, but when he's been healthy, he's been elite. He's been dynamic. Uh, I think Jackson Dart's definitely taking a step forward. You mentioned Bentley. I like the way Bentley just cuts and gets up the field. I mean, he doesn't mess around. He doesn't go side to side. He puts his foot in the ground, and he gets in the hole, and he gets what he can. And I like how decisive uh, he is with the football. I I think he's someone uh, I'd certainly, certainly like to mention, but – you know, C-Strunk, you know, played a great game last week. C-Strunk uh, played awesome against Arkansas. You know, I won SEC Defensive Player of the, the Week. Uh, and, I mean, I just think the Ole Miss defensive line is a hold, too. I mean, that – like I said, I can't get over holding Arkansas to 32 yards rushing. I literally – that blows my mind. Yeah, it's weird seeing an Arkansas team coached by Sam Pittman with an offensive line that is that poor. Yeah, well, the Arkansas thing is interesting. It reminds yeah. me a lot of the Coach O LSU thing. So when you have a coach like Pittman, who's an O-line coach, like O is a D-line coach, you're totally dependent on how good your coordinators are because he's not really a specialist on either side of the ball. Well, when he has Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom back there, they're going to be pretty damn good. But he lost both those guys. He downgraded Dan Enos, and I'm not even sure who their offensive coordinator is. But, like, you're totally dependent on your coordinators. And, like, you look at the OLSU era, and they had Joe Brady and Dave Aranda, they crushed. But – when he lost those guys, he couldn't sustain it. And that's the beauty of having a guy like Lane Kiffin where it doesn't even matter. You know, whoever calls – whoever Ole Miss's offensive coordinator is, you know the offense is going to be fine. Like Saban's like that at defense for Bama. Like you need your head coach to specialize on one side of the ball to where you really only have to hit on the coordinator higher on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You know, you mentioned earlier about Jordan Watkins. And like I said, we've all heard the rumors and everything. We know something happened. We don't know how severe it is, all of that stuff. And Lane's never going to talk about injury, so we'll find out against Auburn. Uh, But if it is true and Jordan Watkins is out, this means the recruitment of Zachary Franklin and he him slowly coming along, he's probably going to slot to that outside position. They're going to move Dayton Wade inside to the slot. And then you have the Trey Harris situation. They should be okay. Yeah, no, you, you would think so. I mean, Trey Harris is dealing with a lower leg injury too. I don't know how severe that is either from the mm-hmm. Arkansas game. And he's already been banged up some. But, yeah, in theory, uh, I think Dayton Wade's shown enough. I think he actually profiles well as a slot receiver too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in theory, what you're saying makes sense, but we don't know how bad Trey Harris is hurt. And, you know, I, like I said, I was so excited. I mean, Franklin was the number five transfer total in the portal. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how good he was at UT San Antonio. You know, he had off-season surgery. You know, he hadn't really st- – you know, I mean, he's been dealing with some stuff. But I think there's still a great chance for him to bounce back here uh, in the second half of the year. And, you know, you look at that Arkansas game too. Look, that thing's never pretty. 
that was a spot where I said all week, Ole Miss was fair, but like anywhere between 11 and 13, there wasn't a chance in hell I was laying that many points with Ole Miss in that game. You're coming off an emotional high, huge win against LSU. You had Bama, which you put so much into the week before. That was a survive and advance situation uh, last week against Arkansas. It doesn't matter if they only won by seven and it was close. No one cares. You got the win. You're going to the bye. Time to get healthy uh, and get ready for – I'm telling you, this at Auburn game, you know, everybody knows it. It's going to be murder. Freeze, like, Auburn's whole season is going to be if Freeze beats Ole Miss his first year. And where Auburn is right now, I'm actually going to Auburn, LSU, and Baton Rouge this weekend. The Barstool College football shows at Fred's there on Saturday. Auburn is one of those teams this year, their quarterback play stinks. They can't throw the ball. I mean, they're good. they may be going to a freshman now. Peyton Thorne from Michigan State hadn't worked out. Robbie Ashford can't really throw. So they're kind of in one of those situations where they're going to struggle to win on the road because they can't score enough. But when they're at home, behind that crowd and that energy, night game, they're going to be tough at home. And they almost knocked off Georgia at home. They should have. I mean, that game for Ole Miss is going to be a brutally tough game. No matter – Auburn could lose by four touchdowns at LSU, and that's not going to change how I view Ole Miss-Auburn next week. It's going to be that tough. Yeah, the the weird thing is my my the boss my boss on Locked On actually does Locked On Auburn as his side thing, and he's talked about what they're doing for that game. He's actually going to that football game. He doesn't usually attend the games. He says that place is going to be an absolute cauldron, and it is set up to be that way. To where picture Tennessee twenty twenty one. That is what Ole Miss is walking into. Yeah, no, it's going to be tough, and I know the bye week is coming a good so. One break, Auburn's off a bye this week against LSU. Uh, the bye week came at a good time with Jackson Dart getting a little banged up early in that Arkansas game, the Trey Harris thing. You know, you just mentioned Ole Miss a little beat up. So that's an advantage. But, look, I, I mean, everybody from Ole Miss knows how this frees Auburn. I mean, no one thinks it's going to be easy, especially on the road at night. Uh, I've attended almost – I haven't been to every SEC stadium, but I've been to all of them. I've never been to Missouri. I've never been to Kentucky. And I think, I think that's it. And I've said it before, I think Auburn's the most underrated in the entire SEC, period. It gets freaking rocking in there. And they're going to be so jacked up because the freeze thing and all that. I know there's some, you know, I mean, I've heard there's bad blood with freezing lane behind the scenes, uh, especially with all everything that happened with them getting hired last year and lane not going to all, you know, that whole soap opera. So, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a bloody murder game. And if you're an Ole Miss fan, you just got to try to get out. I don't care if you win by one. You just got to get out of there with the win. Because if you do get out of Auburn with the win, you feel good about Vandy at home, sets up A&M at home where you feel fairly good. And, uh, you know, when you look at this Ole Miss era under Lane, Ole Miss wins their home games. I mean, I know they dropped a couple last year, but Lane's 18-2 and at home since 2020. But winning on the road is a whole different beast in Southeastern Conference. And, you know, he's really gotten where he consistently wins the home games, but on the road, still still more to be determined. Okay, we can we can move on to the second half predictions and everything. And I had a video that came out Thursday, and it was just, can Ole Miss go 11-1? and one? Not will they, not should they, can they? I mean, they can, but I mean, I, I can is a different – It's not I should mean, or will, is, yeah. I'm, I think 10 wins is the total – top end goal here you can it just at Georgia you can't you know before the season you just look at at Georgia and at Bama and you say anything other than a loss is like I don't want to say a miracle but you know you at five and one at the break right now 10 and two to me is the goal uh I, I don't I just don't think you can 
you know, say any more about, you know, Georgia is the back-to-back national champions and at home. I just don't think you can really go in saying, like, hey, I think Ole Miss is going to win this game. Yeah. Um, but all the other five are winnable. The at Auburn, to me, is the most tricky because the freeze thing. Look, Mississippi State stinks this year. Everybody knows it. But if the weather is, like, super bad, which it is a lot in that Egg Bowl, and they'll be fired up at home, that's still sticky. Like, that's never going to be easy. It's a road game, you know, no matter how bad they are. Uh, and then at AM at home isn't easy either. But I feel good about it and that it's at home. A&M's been struggling on the road the last couple of years. Like, if it was at A&M, I'd feel worse about it. So, you know, I think there's a path to 10 wins. But, man, I'm telling you, this Auburn game is really the key to it all because this Auburn game is so it, sketchy. Yeah, sketchy. It, yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be a thing. And this this is, honestly, if you look at bullets that Hugh Freeze puts in his gun this year, the Ole Miss game was going to be one of their two because he wasn't planning on beating Alabama. He wasn't planning on beating Georgia, but he thinks he could get Lane, and he thinks he can get Ole Miss. Yeah, and look, the freeze thing, I mean, he's going to get it going at Auburn. He's just got to find next year. He'll have a quarterback in there next year. And it's funny doing the what-if moments in life, but Spencer Sanders, you know, getting paid God knows what to hold a clipboard for Ole Miss this year. He was – Auburn said, you come here, you start. And he ended up choosing Ole Miss over Auburn, and he doesn't even play. And just, like, think about how different it would be for Auburn. So, shout out to the Grove Collective uh, and uh, everyone for – for keeping Spencer Sanders from Hugh Freeze because they would be a hell of a lot better football team if they had him. I can tell you that. Yeah, they have pretty good defense. Oh, by the way, before we get out of here, Ron Roberts is the defensive coordinator for Auburn. Okay. Um, he was the defensive coordinator for Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. Lane Kiffin traditionally does not have clunkers against the defensive coordinators back-to-back games. Do you think Lane's going to be okay against that defensive scheme? Yeah, and that Sugar Bowl, look, I mean, everything changed when, Corral, when Matt Corral went down. You know, mm-hmm. like that – that was one of those things where he was going out there playing for his team, even if it hurt his draft stock. And when he went down, uh, you know, you had to put Altmaier, who I love, you know, I like Luke as a dude, but he's a true freshman. He wasn't prepared to go in and play that game. So it's even if it was a clunker, like that wasn't, I mean, that was just, you know, that's kind of a high variance situation that's hard to analyze. Uh, you know, I think Ole Miss Auburn, though, you're looking at like a 23-20 type game is what I think. I think it's going to be – you know, I don't think it's going to be any kind of a shootout. I think Auburn's defense and crowd is going to keep them in that game. It's not going to be easy to score a ton of points, but I don't think Auburn's that explosive on offense either. So, you know, I, I think, like I said, I, you know, Ole Miss 23-20 would be my early projection. Yeah. Low-key storyline from that game. Quinshawn Judkins goes back to Auburn. He's like right down the road from when we went, he went to high school. Auburn has Jarquez Hunter, who was a heavy lean towards Ole Miss during his recruitment as well. So that's an interesting story. I, I think you're right about the Judkins thing. He, you know, obviously had a slower start to the year. He had the rib mm-hmm. injury, a few things. Uh, had the awesome game against LSU. You know, I, I think the Auburn game is a spot where you can look for him to really, you know, off the bye, being healthier, you know, really uh, hopefully, hopefully get it going. But I think the bigger story than even him is just how Ole Miss offensive line plays going forward because obviously that was a huge struggle – you know, if you graded the whole team on the first half, the Tulane and Bama games especially, uh, the O-line would have been the weakest link. But they played awesome against LSU. I thought they played pretty good against Arkansas, you know. So, I, I think it's improving. And I, I think the, the offensive line play is really going to be the key at Auburn and at Georgia. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Ben, thank you so much for stopping by. I look to talk to look forward to talking to you again, man. 
Sounds good. And Ole Miss fans, DM me at Stolmancy Twitter and Instagram if you're interested in the watches. Like I said, I mean, I'm if I know you or not, I'll give you a phone call, introduce myself. I appreciate the support. We got to get Dave Portnoy and Barstool to grab next year. All right.